Welcome to the podcast of tomorrow, a Futurama podcast where today we are discussing the Emmy Award winning episode, season four, episode one, Roswell that ends well. I am Lindsay Wilson, joined by my podcast award winning co-host, Alex Gates. <laughs> Alex, how's it going? I bet we could win an award somewhere if we just like find the smallest <laughs> podcast award show in the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just get like our 100 listeners to like <laughs> spam somehow. And I think we'd probably have to cheat. We'd have to like create something that votes yeah. for us. Some bot. Yeah. 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 So when we chatted last time, we were both on the verge of sickness and we are now both sort of out of it. On the tail end of sickness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's great. <laughs> but yeah, I have no memory of how much I've discussed how often I get sick or... We've referred to you as sickly several times. Yeah, okay, right. That was basically what I was trying to say. I don't remember if I've described myself as sickly in the past, but <laughs> I uh, I was sickly as a child and through high school and college, but then very then like never got sick from 2017 onwards, including dodging COVID throughout all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And yeah, I got a, got a very bad head cold this weekend and like definitely the worst cold in like five years. Other than last year when I lost my vomit streak for, you know, an 18 hours of misery. But uh... <laughs> yeah, mine uh, was officially COVID. So knocked that one out again. So yeah. that's exciting. Uh, but I'm, you know, mostly over that. So that's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are both yeah. relatively healthy now. Did you watch anything good during your sickness? What did I? I know I played video games. <laughs> uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Yes. So I finished Tears of the Kingdom finally after like 300 hours. I was like, you know what? Let's just wrap this up. (laughs) I had been sitting on defeat Ganondorf for like probably like 50 hours. So I was like, all right, it's time. Let's knock Mm -hmm. it out. So I did that. Sent you some some thoughts at the end of the game. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, well, may as well play Mario 64 again. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So I, I, I described that game. It is the only game that I had in my childhood, and so I can play, well, I was going to say I can play that game incredibly quickly. I played the entire game, I 100% completion in approximately... You got 120 stars in a weekend? I got 120 stars in a day. Like, I can't begin That's to tell insane. you how good I am at this game. That is quite <laughs> impressive. Yeah, no, I started it on Saturday. By Sunday morning, I was just fully done the game. and was That like, is well. quite impressive. Oh, and like, it's funny I, because I had the thought, I was like, I wonder if I could do like a speed run of this game. <laughs> did I tell you I learned the speed run for that game? That's the, the only game that me and Laura like learned how to speed run. No, you didn't tell me that, but I feel like yeah. I could probably be pretty good at it. You, uh, I mean, like speed running is like entirely different than just being like t- talented mm-hmm. at the game mm-hmm. naturally. But if you're talented at the game naturally, you could learn the speed run, speed run very easily. It's there's like a million different categories, but the one that we learned is like 18 stars or something. Mm-hmm. And it was super fun because it's like, I think the world record is like 52 minutes or something. And, you know, my times were probably like an hour and 20 minutes. So it's the kind of thing where it's like, oh, you know, it takes an hour to do and you just like get better and better at it over time. And they're like, for the most part, it's just being good at the game and not missing jumps and stuff. But then there right. are a couple of like glitches that are easy to pull off, but you feel cool by doing it. You know, the, you know, the star where it's in Womp's Fortress where you break the, you shoot into the corner of the, of yes, the wall yes. and it breaks apart and the stars in there. So yeah, there's a, one of the stars that you get in this route is getting that star, but you don't break the wall. You do a, you know, crazy dance to set up your position of like, okay, I need to fall off this beam and pull myself up and then jump over twice. (laughs) And then like, you know, do this crazy dance. And then you like clip through the wall and get the star. And it's like, it makes you look very cool, but it's pretty easy to do. 
Wow. All right. Well, yeah, no, I had been talking to one of my friends who was here last weekend and he was like, yeah, I've never really gotten to 120 stars. It's kind of tedious. And I was like, and I think I spent me, I don't know, maybe like six hours, let's say on Saturday. And I was like, I'm at like 70 stars already. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what his problem is. For the long, yeah. uh, I, I remember playing that game as a kid. For the longest time, I was stuck at like 118 stars. I knew I was mm -hmm. missing one from TikTok clock and they had to reward the other, other stars. But yeah, there is some TikTok clock star that haunts me or, or haunts my inner child, I guess. Yeah, I wonder if it's just the 100 coins. That was a real pain in the ass. Yeah. But yeah, I did that one. So yeah, so I knocked that all out in a day. That was the big thing of my COVID time. All right. Well, next time you're sick, like seriously look into this. I think you would like honestly enjoy it. It was quite fun to learn. Like you learn all the little like components of it. There's the other the other glitch that you have to do. And this is very stressful. And this is kind of what prevented me from like continuing on. You get enough stars naturally to fight first Bowser. Mm -hmm. Then you uh, if you catch the bunny in the basement mm -hmm. and carry him into if you carry him to a door, you can like drop him and pick him up and clip through the door and then do that again <laughs> to clip into the second Bowser, uh, the second Bowser fight. So that's how you get into second, second Bowser. And then you go up the stairs and you don't do any of the levels up the stairs. You do backwards long jumps, which is in the backwards long jumps. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, backwards long jumps. Yeah, I remember seeing that a long, long time ago and being like, how? How is this person doing this? Yeah. yeah so make them so like yeah. infinite stairs. Yeah. So it's this glitch where you make Mario, you like have to rapidly tap the controller and make Mario long jump up the stairs. And if you do it at like a certain rhythm, you like, uh, again, clip through doors and then clip through walls and stuff. And that was very hard to do. And it's a shame because it's at like 50 minutes into the speed run. And it's just like, well, I just like, you just know, I had the world record. I, I, yeah, I had my PB, but then it took me five minutes to get the to the get the backwards long jumps. So right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's good. It's something like a, it was the only game I had for a very long time, and so it became an entirely joyless experience where I can just like knock it out <laughs> <Yeah>. so fast. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. So maybe that maybe that would add something to it. Ocarina of Time. I then got when I was probably like sixteen, and mm. boy, did it blow my mind. <laughs> oh man, I we're just doing video game corner. Maybe we should do a video yeah. game podcast. Who who knew? Honestly, um, I was thinking about that last week. I was like, oh, I didn't ask Alex like what you would have been passionate about because you're like, what would you actually be excited to talk about? Yeah. And then I went on my <laughs> long rant about the advice podcast. But I I have a distinct memory of playing Ocarina of Time and you're in the Deku tree, which is the first dungeon. Mm -hmm. And you fall down into the basement and you're, there's kind of like this water area and you need to get up to this higher level. And the solution is you take like a door and you like go around in a big circle and it kicks you out into the higher area that you're trying to get mm -hmm. up to. I remember getting down to that area and just like, my brain as a little kid like didn't understand game <laughs> mechanics like, well, or I'm how stuck. like well not that it was i tried building a like ladder slash slash bridge with like deku sticks which are an <laughs> item in the game it's just like this long stick that you pick up and i'm like okay if i like put this against the wall can i climb up it like just not understanding how how games work <laughs> oh. and that's like a distinct memory and i love tears of the kingdom and breath of the wild because it's like that's you can do that stuff it's like the whole game <laughs> yeah exactly like that, yeah. <laughs> wow incredible so yeah that's n64 corner i guess um, yeah also covid corner <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Alex, right before we hopped on, you said that I had sent you a message that said, can't wait to unpack this rich text. And you were wondering what I was talking about. And I will refresh your memory for you. And it was last week, there was some minor controversy in Boop Corner, where I told you what the oh, opening yes. was. <laughs> and you were like, no, that's not what it is. And I said, well, the Wikipedia entry does not match 
what is captioned on Disney Plus. Mm -hmm. So then I thought I said in the podcast, I wonder if it's different on the DVD versions. So I dug out the DVD version of whatever episode <laughs> we talked great about. Great reporting. Week. Yes. And indeed, the caption in the DVD version is no humans were probed in the making of this episode. And it was apparently cleaned up censorship. <laughs> That's got to be slash Disney Plus. That's got to be the reason, right? I think so. The probably. reason like, why it's just censorship. Like, oh, we can't talk about probing humans. Yeah, I think probably it's like some sort of like, oh, it's sort of suggest butt stuff. I don't know. I think that's what's mm -hmm. going on here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I believe that it said that the whatever caption it was that you said had, had been replaced with. I believe that is also the caption for the episode called the Leela of Her Own, which we haven't gotten to yet. So okay. I look forward to seeing if... That is indeed what it says on a Leela of her. And I, did, I did not look ahead. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. That's what I was going to ask. Did they replace it with an existing one or did they write a new joke? They, of course, just replace it with an existing one. But I wonder mm -hmm. how they chose the joke. I guess it's like probably random. Like probably yeah. nobody really cares about any of these. Yeah. I remember looking. I Googled it and a couple of people had asked like, what episode is it? I can't seem to find it or whatever. So anyway, so some yeah. nerds out there are interested, but mostly just <laughs> us. Maybe on the DVD commentary, though, they explain it. <laughs> maybe <laughs> although it would have been the original one in the dvd commentary that's right but, yeah. yeah all right so alex this episode very hyped you knew about it it's the emmy episode what do you think of roswell that ends well yes emmy episode i looked on the the wikipedia it said that it was like number three on some list number one on another list so a very beloved episode I was a little bit surprised by how basic it was i think <laughs> i i would not have put this as, as the like slam dunk number one of all time Futurama episode. Maybe the Emmy nom like gives it some cachet. Mm -hmm. I think it's probably an episode where it's a little bit more plot than vibes. And because we know the plot already, it probably loses some impact there. But yeah, I was like a little bit, there's like not a lot that happens. It's there's like Fry and his grandfather is a plot. Zoidberg is a plot. That's kind of it. Like, is there any and like just the I guess I guess the vibes of the the 1940s? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a very funny episode, and I think maybe that's part of it. It's just like it's a it's a good like joke density. I really like this episode, but I did wonder as I was watching it, I was like, if someone came into this being told like you're gonna love it or your expectations yeah. gonna be too high, and I do think that maybe that's something. And like as I was thinking about it, I was like, I don't know if this is the best episode either. I don't think I would have it at the top of my list, but on the other hand, I don't know what I would have at the top of my list. Yeah, it's a good question. I think. Probably some of my favorites have been the ones towards the end of season three. Like when we came yeah. back for, and maybe that's just because it's in contrast to the to the new season that we didn't care for that much. But like mm -hmm. when we Globe came Trotter. back to season three. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I honestly the Globetrotter episode, I think I enjoyed more than this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a great episode. I think that's probably like top of my list as well. as well. Yeah. Certainly of the ones we talked about. It was one of the most fun to discuss. So. All right. So I guess that's like your high level. Do you have any high level things you want to share? Or should we start going through it? No, I have a Simpsons tangent, though, that I don't know why this popped into my mind. But I want to share the Simpsons tangent now. Somebody at work posted the... Did you see this image? No, you're not chronically online. So there's an image <laughs> that's going around of White Claws 0% alcohol drinks. And people are making fun of it because it's, it's just, just like water. Seltzer. <laughs> yeah. So somebody posted that at work and then I responded with the millhouse were through the looking glass people. And <laughs> I need I need your take on whether that makes sense to somebody that's not insane like us. Well, I we'll, think so. 
Okay, people understand yeah. that, like, what that, like, it's literally a three-second clip just of Milhouse saying we're through the looking glass here, people. Yeah, um, I feel like it's like, oh, my God, <laughs> we're in this, like, wacky world. Like, can okay. you believe it? Yeah, through the looking glass. I mean, I think that's, like, a cultural phenomenon that people know. Okay, well, but, but like, you know, the tone, like, what, you know, I, I just, I replied with that, and then I thought, does this make sense? Do people know what I mean? <laughs> I, um, so. I think it's good. <laughs> and I think you're also compromised. I don't know if I believe I your opinion. Yeah, I'm yeah. absolutely the wrong person to ask, but I think it's yeah. fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like I have maybe tried using that just like verbally before, like we're through the looking glass people. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, it sounds funny. So I think it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. I got one laughing face emoji response <laughs> from it. So almost from, certainly from uh, someone who knows the Simpsons. I know it was it's even worse. It's from the like person that posted the original thing so it was just like mm. a pity response of like okay right. alex is saying something weird i have to acknowledge mm. it so he said it's from the simpsons it's probably out. funny yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 exactly yeah i was actually thinking the other day Anyways. we discussed at one point doing like a simpsons now and then corner and we didn't ever do <laughs> <Yeah>. that, so <laughs> this is our simpsons now and then yeah that was a great joke of occasionally <laughs> yes. doing a simpsons podcast yes, called simpsons, simpsons now, now and then, then. <laughs> so good <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. So this episode, let's see the opening caption. I have fun for the whole family, except grandma and grandpa, which is mm -hmm. a very good caption. I do like that. I, specifically for this episode, not a fun time for grandma or grandpa. <laughs> True. Yes. A very bad time, especially for grandpa. And then the opening cartoon is actually, oh, sorry, but Boop Corner. I have to give you the opportunity to talk about it. Boop, daddies. Sure. This is like maybe the most nondescript boob corner I had. It's I wrote dancing guy with little animal friends. Like, right. you know, it's just kind of in the style as, as always, but not much is happening here. It's just kind of people standing around. Yes, this is actually one we've talked about before called Congo Jazz from 1930. Mm. And I remember at the time being like, sounds like it's probably problematic. So, mm -hmm. And indeed, yes, it's the first cartoon to feature Bosco's falsetto voice. We talked about that, how mm -hmm. in the previous one, he was using an offensive voice. So I mean, I guess good that already in 1930, they were like, this is a problematic voice. Maybe we should change yeah. it. Maybe. Um, Do you think there are any 1930s podcasters being like, and then Lisa <laughs> looked directly at the camera and said, like, forget about you, Apu, or whatever uh, happens in that episode. <laughs> How dare they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So Bosco meets lots of animals. They play music, you know, good stuff. Oh, yeah. You may rem remember this part. A tree does a provocative fanny slapping dance, <laughs> gyrating its <laughs> coconut bosoms until one flies off and hits Bosco in the head. <laughs> I don't, I d did not remember that, but now, now that will be, I'll make a point to, to store that away. <laughs> <laughs> the provocative dancing tree. Uh, yeah. Incredible. All right. So this episode opens up, the crew is watching a supernova. And if it's anything like a Chevy Nova, it's going to light up the night sky. <laughs> yeah. So I had written down how this felt bigger budget than usual. Uh, again, maybe, maybe this was like an intentional Emmy play or like an intentional, like, oh, we're going to do higher production value, but like very beautiful lighting of the whole mm -hmm. crew watching the supernova. Part of me thought, oh, maybe this is like a premiere of season four thing. We want to make it like especially good. But then I thought, oh, maybe this like is not even the premiere of season four in the yeah, episode pretty sure. release order. Pretty sure it's not in the yeah. production order anyway. But yeah, yeah, I, it looks very good. Definitely. You can kind of see why they they put this one up for an Emmy nom. Yes, agreed. It just because I think Jeremy will probably mention it. And I'm going to be embarrassed if he has forgotten it. But just in case, I did a, a science fair project on supernovas once and Ooh. I believe got slightly made fun of by Jeremy because I didn't actually Ooh. do anything. I just like wrote about supernovas. I didn't like and do like an every and, and everyone else did some. Is this like a trifold poster? Exactly. And, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What did Jeremy do? Do you remember? 
no idea. Can't remember. But we do discuss that at that event, he needed to write something on a piece of paper. And I just like wrote it for him because I have neat handwriting. And he at the time was very <laughs> astonished that I could write like pretty straight without lines. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that is tough. Yeah, not to brag. Yeah. <laughs> a very bad handwriting. It was a it was an issue as a as a teacher writing on the board. It would be mm. like, you know, just like, like scrawling professor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Funny line from Bender where he says, anyone who misses this will regret it for the rest of his life. And then he's just like, Fry, can you go make some popcorn? And Fry's like, sure. Yeah, Fry just agrees. Are you a fan of this? What is this type of popcorn called? The like one in Jiffy the Jiffy Pop. Jiffy Pop. I believe so. Yeah, I've never had it. I really like popcorn, though. Mm-hmm. I think I've done this. And Jiffy Pop, Pop is the brand, but this method of cooking the popcorn in the like, I guess, on the stove. I think I've done like once or twice. Is it in any way to superior microwave. to microwave popcorn? No, I think it's I think it's completely <laughs> equivalent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you you go to the movies a lot? Do you get popcorn? Are you a popcorn guy? The Invisalign po- now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Issue with the Invisalign. The the Alamo popcorn is also like super saturated in their like garlic, whatever mm. butter, and that's just kind of gross. And so mm. when we do get it, we have to be like, please tone it down on the on the. Don't put this garbage on top. Yeah. yeah. All right, good. So Fry uh, is like, oh, I'm in a hurry, so I'm just going to put the Jiffy Pop in the microwave. He just like takes off the sticker that says, don't put this in the microwave. He's like, <laughs> yeah. He said he immediately is going to say what smells like blue because the chip is filling up with this blue light. And it made <laughs> me think of, I think there's a moment where he says, did everything just taste purple for a second? Mm. Which I think is maybe when he gets hit with like the Z-ray or whatever. Interesting. Like, everything just tastes purple for a second is when the brains come when the brains come and he what he gets like zapped by the brains and And they're putting these like waves over the over the earth and he yeah so yeah fry uh, multiple places on the internet were like fry clearly has synesthesia and i was like okay yeah i saw that (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, anyway so yeah the supernova has this red light that is coming off of it and it mixes with the blue light from the microwave and that made me think maybe this is where he says everything's going to taste purple but, but no just waiting <laughs> for a different episode I'm, I'm really bad we might have discussed this already on the podcast which i preface like every story i tell with that sentence so <laughs> i'm sorry about that i'm really bad with colors and i think that this is the classic like what if the red you see is not the red i see uh-huh. i kind of buy into that because it like it blows my mind that anyone could tell me how yellow is made. Like, <laughs> what what is yellow? Yellow is green and something? Or is, is yellow a primary? Like, it, so yellow is a primary in paint, but I think it, green a primary in light. Yeah, well, first of all, this is bullshit. Whatever this is, is a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that this is, yeah, there's two ways of doing it. Okay, let's talk about paint because it's uh, easier to talk about. So okay. yellow, blue, and red are the primary paints. Okay. Then is it green? How is green made in paint? Blue and yellow. Okay. So I think let's just use this as an example of it is to make green, you combine blue and yellow. That makes zero sense. My blue and yellow, (laughs) when you combine those, that does not make green logically. Like there's nothing that speaks green that speaks to me about being green in those two colors. And I really think that people that like can paint or like do art because I have like zero artistic talent. And I really Uh think that people that have some artistic talent, it must physically be a different thing for them that they can like wrap their (laughs) minds around this because it's like that that ain't green. What if you just picture a rainbow? (laughs) Okay. Red, yellow, make orange. 
And so the red and the yellow are blending together in the middle <laughs> to make orange. And then G but, Biv. So you've got the But y is that light or is that paint? Roy G Biv. Okay, I see what you mean. But first of all, that's light, which is a different thing than paint, apparently. <laughs> so still and, uh, you could use it in the case of paint to say yellow and blue make green, and you've got the what Roy G Biv. So the G but, is in between the Y and the B. But some of them make more sense than others. So like, for example, Roy makes sense. Red and yellow <laughs> together making orange. Like yellow is light, red is dark, and orange is like a light uh, is like a light red. That makes sense. Blue and green are both dark. Where does the yellow go? Where does the light yellow go? <laughs> you know? Oh, I feel like you're going to cause a stir with this take. <laughs> So like, so uh, the idea of me saying like when the red and blue light came together, I thought he was going to make that did everything just take pur taste purple joke. Like that's not intuitive to you that blue and red make purple. Blue and red making purple is a little bit closer. Uh, maybe okay. it's just the, maybe, maybe it's just green. Maybe green is just the one that like, <laughs> I don't understand. And if you ask me, what are the primary colors? Like I, I messed it up in my start of this whole rant. I thought, I thought well, yellow I mean, green is primary a primary color. Yellow is not in light. So maybe you're our physics brain. <laughs> got in there <laughs> yeah. oh this is like maybe uh, the worst thing we've ever discussed in terms of people just being like what is happening <laughs> yeah it's a lot of yeah it's, it's a bit hard to follow it but a visual medium yeah but do you do you not have this at all if, if if i told you mix these two colors in your brain could you do that uh, i guess so okay like what, what's what's green and, and does this even work i don't even know what is green and red such as brown so again, we're coming to the problem <laughs> of the light versus the paint. Okay, let's say paint. Let's say we're working in paint. If you're working in paint, I think, yeah, you're just going to get like a weird brown. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I and maybe people just memorize this stuff and they just know it. Yeah, I feel like, you know, when you're a child, they're like, there's red, yellow <laughs> and blue and like you mix those and get a bunch of different ones. Yellow okay. and blue is green. Blue and red is purple. Yellow and yeah. red is orange. I'm sure that was taught to me as a child, but it never stuck. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Okay, green <laughs> and red together makes color yellow brown. <laughs> yeah, yellow brown. Um, all right. Well, we we can move on. But again, my my takeaway here is yeah, I, the best way for me to explain it: red and yellow making orange makes sense. Uh -huh. Dark, red dark yellow light uh -huh. orange is a lightish reddish thing but yellow and blue makes green what <laughs> <laughs> just try it out sometime I'll, get, I'll buy you some paint <laughs> yeah i will but i don't i don't i don't buy it i don't see how that can happen <laughs> i don't buy it <laughs> Oh my god. All right, let's move on. Uh incredible okay. as you say to move on. <laughs> oh, I'm glad we went down this little little alley. Yeah. Okay, so the ship We're goes quite in... sick. I'm quite ill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite sick. Yeah, that's yeah, it's apparent. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All right. So they there's like a chemical reaction of some kind, a light reaction or a paint reaction that happens. Mm -hmm. And they <laughs> go through this tunnel. They pick up a bunch of clocks and yes. they just land somewhere. They don't know where they are. But the microwave uh, beeps 
and Fry is going to go and be like, my popcorn's done and it's turned back into a cob. And I really liked this joke. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite jokes in the whole episode. Of, it's less popped than ever. Yeah, less popped than ever. It's very good. And then Leela says, I don't know what happened, but we've taken on a lot of clocks. And I liked that too. <laughs> <laughs> I also like the them traveling through the the wormhole. There's like a good shot of the professor's glasses. Apparently, I think this was a reference to 2001. I think the the wiki said, but another nice little animation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they decide to fly away because the spaceship still works. So they're like, all right, going to leave Earth. And there's like no traffic. And there is a mysterious layer of ozone on the Earth. And also there's no GPS. And so Leela's like, oh, shit, we're going to crash for sure. Yeah, they definitely do a little bit of like hiding this until the, the commercial break. But, you know, they're crashing in Roswell. And like, yeah, it's not immediately obvious where or when they are here. Before yeah. They land. yeah, Spender goes flying out of the windshield when they crash and they go pick him up, but they just get his head and they leave Zoidberg to pick up the rest of his body parts. Yes, very happy to do so as well. Mm hmm. Yes. And he's using Bender's arm as like a trash grabber, which is a fun yeah. visual. <laughs> but yeah, then the military comes and picks up Zoidberg. And we cut to this guy being like, General, in all my years of covering top secret materials with sheets, I've never dramatically revealed anything <laughs> as shocking as this. And uh, it's a debris from an alien spaceship. Yes. And this is, yes, where we get the reveal that they're, they're in Roswell in July 9th, 1947. Mm -hmm. Yes, I don't like I certainly couldn't have told you what year the alien stuff happens in Roswell. The word Roswell yeah. means nothing to me outside of this episode. Like I know it now. But if I just I think I certainly watched this before I knew anything about this being related to real stuff. Yeah, this definitely put it on the map for me. I imagine X-Files does stuff with this. I think that's the other like pop culture thing that really goes mm -hmm. into some Roswell stuff. But I don't really do you know anything about the real life Roswell alien story. Not really. I just know that it's like, oh, and that's when they like found parts of a spaceship and they did the alien autopsy and all that stuff. Right. But like, yeah, that's yeah. I don't know anything more than that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess like Area 51, that storm Area 51 thing. Oh, my God. A couple years ago. <laughs> yeah. Very exciting. They can't get yeah. all of us. <laughs> can't get all of us. Yeah. Yes. So the next day, the crew is like reading a newspaper. Actually, I guess the first thing that happens is that the professor talks about a chronograph and he's like, it's turned into a pinup calendar. And that's how <laughs> yeah. I know that it's 1947. <laughs> yeah, really the only thing in the ship to go back in time or to like revert in terms of technology. But mm -hmm. yes, funny, besides funny the, the corn on the cob. Sure. That's a good point. Mm hmm. Yeah. And so the professor immediately is like, someone must have put metal in the microwave. That's the only thing that would cause this. And Fry's like, yo, that was me. <laughs> so I like that they say that they have 24 hours to like go through the space hole to get back to their present time. And the ship is like getting fixed up. And they say everything is fixed except for the cup holder. Yes. Yeah. And Lila's like, yeah, the ship is fixed except for the cup holder. And I should have that fixed within 10 hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you've got eight. And so, but more urgently, they are going to need a working microwave in order to return to the future. And mm. that's going to be a problem. <laughs> How much do you think the things that you put in a microwave are actually micro microwave safe versus like, what are they just telling you is microwave safe and you're going to want it? <laughs> yeah, I think I am more cautious about that than I certainly was as a child. I think I was very mm. much just like, whatever. Like, I, I was good about not putting metal in there, but I think I was always like, yeah, sure. I'll just like put this plastic thing in here for indefinitely. And I had no problem like prolonged microwaving of plastic Tupperware and stuff. And I feel like that's not great. Yeah, 
I feel like I do more of that now than I did as a child because I was yeah. getting like, you know, delicious full fed meals. And now I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah, I guess tonight like we're doing the frozen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I guess not literally, but <laughs> having <Right. laughs> leftovers and stuff. But yeah, no, I definitely was like, okay, maybe I should get some like glass Tupperware and minimize mm-hmm. this. But yeah, no, I, I think the other day, so someone told me that I should use a neti pot while I was sick. Mm. And so I was like, okay, let me use this stupid neti pot. And it, the, the actual instructions were like, put this in the microwave for like 40 seconds to sanitize it. And I was like, I don't know how good this is. <laughs> yeah. Put this in the, in the microwave and then like inhale all of those vapors. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So I anyway. feel like those went very out of style. Last time I neti potted was like 2013. Well, this is the thing. I didn't think they were a good idea and had heard mm-hmm. those stories about like brain parasites if you don't use yes. like distilled water. <laughs> and so I did I did use distilled water. I did put it in the microwave, not the water. I put the pot in the microwave for like 40 seconds or whatever and used distilled water. I got water everywhere and was really bad at it. But there are some studies that suggest it helps alleviate your symptoms if you have COVID. If only Futurama was rebooted in 2013, they could have done the brain parasite sequel <laughs> with, the, with a neti pot. Right, exactly. <laughs> brain parasite planet. Yes. All right. So Leela sends Fry and Bender's head to go get Bender's body off of the base. No one seems concerned at any point about Zoidberg. They're just like, go get Bender's body. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Zoidberg's also like in a pretty good mood throughout the entire episode, like uh, just happy to he has a good line at some point where he's like, oh, I'm just happy I'm meeting new people. Yeah, yeah. And he's going to ask them like, so what's everybody doing tonight? Like, I'm up for anything. Yeah. And, yeah. And this is where Fry's going to reveal that while he's on the base, he can go hang out with his grandfather, Enos. Yes. And the professor is going to flip out at him and be like, stay away from me, you dim-witted monkey. And then he says, you can't (laughs) interfere with the past. Don't do anything that affects anything unless it turns out you're supposed to do it, in which case, for the love of God, don't not do it. (laughs) I do love, I think my favorite character in this episode is the professor of his like strict adherence to the laws of time travel in the first Mm -hmm. half. And then like the utter lack of regard for them in the second half of like, I don't care anymore. Let's just do whatever. And then leave. Go home. I hate it here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I could see myself being like that. of just like, Oh my God, I just want to go home. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Losing all decorum. Yes. And so this is going to feature prominently where he says, if you kill your grandfather, you will cease to exist. Mm -hmm. So this is back to the future. Time yes. travel rules versus the lost time travel rules, which is whatever happened, happened. Whatever do you have happened, a preferred, yes. do you have a preferred genre of time travel? Hmm. That's interesting. I mean, I guess I prefer what's, whatever what's Harry Potter. I guess, I guess Harry Potter's whatever happened, happened kind of. Harry Potter's is, is like ridiculous and stupid and bad to the point where JK Rowling had to like destroy the ability yeah. to time travel. But then undid um, it in Cursed Child. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because she was like, oh, I really opened a can of worms here. I should probably make this yeah. impossible. But yeah, no, in that one, it was like you could mess things up and you like kill yourself if you see yourself in the other timeline okay. or whatever. So, hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I guess I prefer whatever happened happened because I think it gets so messy where it's like with Bender where it's like, you know, at the very end of this episode, it's going to be like he was trapped in a hole for a thousand years and what was that like? And then it's like, well, but how was he trapped in the hole for a thousand <laughs> years? But also you've met him four years yeah. ago. Well, I think that's just law. Lo- I mean, like this is like a parody of a podcast now of yeah. us like trying to legitimately <laughs> explain time travel. But I think that's lost rules of just like, oh, mm-hmm. whatever. It's like one linear thing and you happen to like just jump back occasionally. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Whatever yeah. happened, happened. Yeah. yeah. 
All right. So, yeah. And, and I mean, they say that this is the first time they delve into time travel because it's famously complicated. And yeah, yeah, lots of lots of writers have struggled to do a good job with this. Mm-hmm. So yeah. U.S. military is going to be like interrogating Zoidberg and they're like, what's your purpose here? And he's just like sleeping happily on the table. <laughs> and they're like, why did you come to Earth? And he says, not a day goes by. I don't ask myself the same question. It's <laughs> deeply depressing. Yeah, poor poor Zoidberg gets like pretty torn apart in this episode. Mm -hmm. So then Fry and Bender are going to get onto the base and Fry meets up with his grandfather who is at the base. Yes, I really like the like spray on can that he uses to spray on his uniform. He's he's just like standing naked outside the base at first and then yeah, uses the spray can to paint the uniform on himself. Yes, very good. He does a good job. But he's going to be extremely paranoid for all of his time with his grandfather, where he's like worried that he's going to die. He sees a car coming in the distance that is going to like push him out of the way, even though it's really far away. (laughs) He pushes him into a pile of rusty bayonets. (laughs) And good line from Zoidberg or from Bender, where he says, Stop interfering with history. I don't want to have to memorize a lot of new kings when I get back. (laughs) Good Bender trivia that he apparently has all the kings memorized. Yeah, that's a very good line. Uh, that's one of my weaknesses in terms of like Jeopardy of any uh, yeah English king history. Mm-hmm. It's like I have, n- I have no shot. Yeah, <laughs> there's this book that I started reading and have abandoned for the time being, but it's called Unruly. And I heard about it on the No Such Thing as a Fish podcast. And they were talking mm-hmm. about it's like about wacky king and queen stuff that happened. It's like a history book. And in the very beginning, he goes, Everybody knows that William the Conqueror took over in like 1066 or whatever and goes on from there. And then it's like, if you didn't know that, please write in because you're now reading a book that you were previous, you previously had no interest in like this topic or whatever. And I was like, I feel like, I don't know. I kind of feel like a lot of people maybe don't know that, but are still interested in like bizarre stuff about kings and queens. Yeah, I mean, maybe we should neg the podcast listeners of like, like, oh, you've probably seen this episode, but if you haven't, like, <laughs> sorry, we're not covering it in much detail and instead talking about backwards long jumps. Yeah, <laughs> true. Honestly, it's like our whole thing. Uh, yeah, and that's where Fry's going to say, I could feel myself fading away like Greg Kinnear. So that's why he keeps interfering <laughs> with things. Yeah, uh, the grandfather is like, on the one hand, he's just kind of a normal dude. Like Fry is definitely putting him in dangerous situations mm-hmm. by like, him onto a rusty pile of bayonets but then he also has some death seeking actions like getting excited to handle raw chicken (laughs) i think you're looking good and so fry's like oh my god run to safety and he's just gonna like push him out of the base and they're like i need to ask permission and he's like no there's no time he like runs him into a bombing range it's formerly a minefield and he at one point just like screams at enos's testicles and is like everything's gonna be all right dad (laughs) yeah So yeah, they are doing some tests on Zoidberg. They're trying to figure out what, if anything, the alien eats. There's a huge banquet and Zoidberg's like, oh, if only I had my wallet. And when they say it's free, he just like horrifically eats everything. (laughs) Yeah, like puts the tentacles on the glass and is Mm -hmm. uh, licking the glass. Yes, very gross. Yeah. So now we're going to go to Sears for a little interlude (laughs) with Leela and the professor. So Leela's got the big beehive hairdo and cool glasses Mm -hmm. and a poodle skirt, which the Futurama wiki helpfully suggests is a couple years away from popularity and that Leela therefore may have led to its popularity. Yeah, this was a wild fashion statement. I I am interested in the history of this poodle skirt of Mm -hmm. where did that come from? Very popular, the poodle skirt. Yeah. 
Yeah, Farnsworth in his orange suit with a big feather in his hat. Apparently, this is a few mm -hmm. years out of date, so they are not quite aligned. But uh -huh. yeah, trying to buy a microwave, right? Yeah, so trying to buy a microwave, and the sales guy is like, "I've never heard of that brand, sweetheart." And then he describes the closest oven that he has and has a foot soaking tub since as a woman you'll be standing in front of it all day <laughs> and Leela yeah. is going to get very angry yeah pretty quick scene kind of weird like yes. I guess just a bunch of old-timey sexist jokes yeah pretty much yeah sir your wife's hysterical and then yeah. so something about how quickly they could cook a roast and the professor's like you know you really don't cook enough roast Leela <laughs> funny yeah so back to Fry and his grandfather and they go out for lunch and that's where we run into Mildred who is Enos's fiance the waitress yes a uh, good little sign gag here of please one teen to a malt of, yes uh, <laughs> not two teens sharing a malt yes exactly yeah not wholesome enough but Mildred a real smoke show and Fry's mm -hmm. gonna say you should marry her and father some children right away and then this is where Enos is gonna be like oh do you ever get the feeling that maybe you're just with girls because you're supposed to be <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I love I love his first reaction to Fry saying you ought to marry her and father many children with her right away. He says, yeah, people say that. Yeah, <laughs> people say that. Yeah, exactly. Fry is going to freak out and like almost flip the table by accident and the knife slides off and my notes just say Enos penis. So clearly I nice. thought that was very funny. <laughs> yeah, very good. <laughs> All right. So Fry is going to now run Enos into the <laughs> yeah see it's funnier now into the middle of nowhere and he wants him to just like stay put and put up a pinup calendar and stare at the calendar to try to like I guess repress his sexuality yeah very much of sitting Bart down in front of the billboard yes exactly yeah anything slim <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> that's so good but I do I did not see this coming they drive out to the middle of nowhere and then it uh, yeah is revealed that it is actually an atomic test and the grandpa just gets immediately nuked and killed yeah like in spectacular fashion he's not just like yeah. kind of killed <laughs> he's super killed yes and my notes you, just say Enos gets blown up to shit so yeah you ever you ever see the old Oppenheimer did you, you make it to no that I one? didn't see it <laughs> Yeah, very reminiscent of that, you know, like uh -huh. the bunker, the people in the distance. Not I was loud. wondering even if not as loud, not as, yeah, like self-congratulatory as Christopher yeah. Nolan made that whole scene. <laughs> but I, I did, I was looking at the, there's like three guys in the bunker watching the blast. And I was wondering like, oh, did they, are any of these guys Oppenheimer or any of them like some of those characters from that movie? But they, they were kind of like somewhat unique character models. So I wouldn't be surprised if some of them were based off real people. Yeah. Didn't say anything about it on the wiki, but uh, perhaps yeah. it's too early. <laughs> yeah. Fry's <laughs> um, like horrified at this point, obviously, because he's been told that if his grandfather dies, he will cease to exist. And so Bender just goes, you are out of here. But yeah. he's not dead right now. He goes back to the malt shop where Leela and Farnsworth are eating. And they're going to say, without a microwave, they're trapped forever. And Leela's like, what if we just steal the microwave radar dish from the army base? And the professor's like, absolutely not. We're going to ruin everything. Yeah, very convenient. The professor's like talking about the sacred duty to preserve the past. And I love that Fry just walks up and says, well, I killed my great grandfather. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> just interrupts yeah. his thought completely. He's like, what? He's like, if you killed your grandfather, why are you still alive? And Fry just says, I don't know, maybe God loves me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, to your point about Oppenheimer and being self-congratulatory, they call Mildred and we see her crying on the phone and she says, no, sir, I'm afraid I don't take much solace in the fact that the explosion trigger yeah. functioned perfectly. Yeah, <laughs> very good. 
Yes. And so she asks Fry to walk her home and he says, how far is it? But ultimately <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> Very funny line. Fry yeah, just like yeah. not wanting to interact with his grandma. Yes, a lot of uh, a lot of very good jokes here. This is a very funny episode. But yeah. President Truman kicks his way out of a crate that says canned <laughs> eggs on it, which is a very funny sight gag. I don't. I spent a little bit of time digging into whether this was anything, and I think it's just a funny joke. <laughs> yeah, it must. I interpreted it as like it's like Taylor Swift when Taylor Swift gets wheeled into her concerts in the like uh, in the thing suitcase or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Truman can't be seen in Area Fifty One, or mm-hmm. you know, with all these aliens, and so he has to he has to hide. Yes, exactly. I took it the same way. So they say this visit's top secret. No one's to know about it except for the senior officers, top scientists, and a single conspiracy nut who no one will believe. And he <laughs> yeah, takes I a love very the crappy photo. <laughs> yeah, it takes it takes a like perfect image of a Truman, and it's just like a blurry like couple of dots. Yes, exactly. So yeah, they say that the experts have reassembled the alien ship into its original form, and they've got Bender's body like in a perfect shape of like a flying saucer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And let's see, they say, I want to send this to Area 51 for study. And they say, but sir, that's where we're building the fake moon landing set. And he's like, well, then we'll really have to go to the moon. <laughs> yeah, get us on it. Tell them to get off their fannies. There's been a lot, I feel like over the past couple of years, they've been a lot, there's been a lot of hype of, oh, we're declassifying the documents about the aliens. We're doing this and that. What's your, what's your stance on aliens, Area 51, government conspiracies, UFOs, all that stuff? Yeah, I, I think I agree with a lot of the other podcasts that I've heard where people have just been like, no one cares anymore because it's been so like, <laughs> it, it seems so obvious that there's something going on, but it's just like they keep being like, we have a big announcement and then it's nothing. And then they're like, we have yeah. a big announcement, it's still nothing. So there's going to be a real announcement and no one's going to bother paying attention. Yeah, like, I don't care. I like, we're clearly the dumbest ones. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's definitely aliens. and They're yeah. not interested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or if they are, we're just like screwed anyway. It's fine. Yeah. What about you? What are your thoughts on this? <laughs> I I would love something to break up the monotony. You know, sure, I'd be yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> maybe I'd something care. to get us out of here off this doomed planet. I don't yeah, know. That'd be nice. It's hard. I feel like it's hard to be like, maybe the aliens will come and rescue us out of here and also be like, and it's a simulation. I mean, I guess it makes yeah. sense. But, yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. So they are talking to Zoidberg and they're like, if you come in peace, surrender, be destroyed. And if you're here to make war, then we surrender. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Zoidberg has like a huge grin on his face as the interrogation is happening. Just like, again, very happy to be talking to Mm -hmm. someone. Someone's interested in him. I've heard a few people say that this is like one of the best bits of writing on the entire show. I don't know if I agree, but it was very Mm. funny where Truman says, are you here to create an alien human hybrid and he's like are you coming on to me and then Truman says hot crackers I take exception to that and then Zoidberg goes I'm not hearing a no (laughs) (laughs) um yeah that doesn't like stick out to me as particularly you know above everything else they're doing it's funny but it's not stuck out to me yeah that's fine I think it's very like 2000s to be like oh yes like hilarious or implying the president might be coming on to an alien what boy alien (laughs) my god (laughs) So we go back to Fry, who is drinking with his grandmother, who is very sad. And she says, every little thing reminds me of Enos. And she's just holding a picture of a mushroom cloud. Yeah, that's my other, other than the corn joke, that's my other favorite joke of the episode. <laughs> yeah, so it's very good. And Fry is going to respond and say, I know how you feel. My grandfather died recently. <laughs> yeah. So Fry's grandma then just comes on to him and Fry suddenly has this realization where he's like, oh my God, like if I still exist, that means you're not my grandmother. So he goes for it and has sex with his grandmother. Yeah. And my notes just say yuck. 
Yeah, <laughs> even if Fry believes that, there's still like he knows it's the same person that he thought was his grandma. Exactly. She, yeah. like, raised, <laughs> he, he was raised believing this person was his grandmother. So like, there's right. some very icky. Yeah, very icky. Mm -hmm. I love when the professor finds this out. He says, of course, she's your grandmother, you perverted dope. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So for the professor, Leela and Bender all show up and they just like are peering through the window and they're like, oh, my God. And Fry's like, no, I figured it out. Relax. She can't be my grandmother. Yeah. I'm like, of course, she's your grandmother. You perverted dope. And then he looks back and she's like knitting her hair is up. She has glasses and one of those like old timey ear trumpets, which are very funny. Yeah, I, I like that the future someone on the Futurama wiki like just didn't understand this joke and was like, the grandma has suddenly aged in an unexplainable way. And oh my like, god, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> These people. Uh, <laughs> Fry's gonna say, if she's my grandmother, then who's my grandfather? And they say, Isn't it obvious you are? Mm -hmm. Very nice little little twist. Yes, Fry is his own grandfather. This will persist as canon throughout the yeah. series. Do you think episodes that win Emmys are more likely to be considered canon in these TV shows of like, well, that one was good. <laughs> Let's reference that more. Yeah. People will have watched it and taken it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I This reminded me just because we were talking about the Futurama wiki. I was like, let me see if they said anything offensive on this one. And it says, and the Fry and Leela themes. When Fry sleeps with his grandmother, Mildred, Leela doesn't seem jealous at all. Disgusted by the sight of incest. Yes, but not jealous. Yeah. Fair. Uh. All right, so uh, we go back to the alien autopsy, and Zoidberg's just like totally unbothered by it. And he's like, "What is this? A funeral?" And like they take out his heart, and he's like, "Don't worry about it. I've got four. And mm -hmm. they're dictating into the microphone like stomach contents, one deviled egg. And Zoidberg eats it and takes it back out like the same deviled egg. <laughs> yes, very good. Uh, it's later in the episode when they're like throwing his intestines at uh, various people, but. I think this was, and the Futurama wiki thought the same thing, but one of them is like a face hugger from Alien, like it lands mm -hmm. on the president's face and it's kind of in the same shape as the yes. as the face hugger. Yes, that's good. I didn't catch that. Okay, so this is where you mentioned it. Farnsworth is just going to be like, start the ship. I'm done with this. Like, steal the <laughs> dish and let's go back to our own time. And Fry's like, wait, that'll change history. He's like, oh my God, a lesson in not changing history from Mr. I'm my own grandpa. Screw it. Let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> Yeah, and suddenly has no patience, realizes that uh, their actions are making no difference and just wants mm -hmm. to go home. Yes, and who can blame him? So the conspiracy guy is going to take a picture of Zoidberg, I think, and it just turns into a picture of like the Loch Ness Monster, <laughs> what, whatever it's called, like the surgeon's photo or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. I think, yeah, that photo is famous. And then good old Bigfoot. I wish they got a Bigfoot mm -hmm. photo reference in here with him going, oh. Yes, that would have <laughs> been good. <laughs> that was a good face you just made. I wish the yeah. listeners could have seen that. Yes. And so Zoidberg is having the autopsy done. It's like, don't cut that. I need that to speak. And they just like start sawing it fast. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Zoidberg. Uh -huh. And so Leela comes in, knocks everybody out. And that's when Fry is throwing all of Zoidberg's guts at people, including this thing that looks like a face hugger. And mm -hmm. he's going to say, the president is gagging on my gas bladder. What an honor. <laughs> So they get Bender's body back, they fly off, and then as they're flying away, Bender's head falls into the desert, but there's no time to turn around. If they don't leave now, they'll never get back. And so they just leave him there. Yeah, another good line of the professor being just so over it. He says, choke on that causality. Yes. <laughs> yes, and so we cut back to the 31st century. Zoidberg's taping himself up from his autopsy. Fry's very sad, and he says, poor Bender, he's trapped a thousand years in the past. But then he suddenly has this realization, which I think is quite clever, to realize that he can just go to the desert and find Bender. Yeah, and he's just there, and he's loving life. 
Yeah. He uses a metal detector, finds them just in a hole. And he says, I was enjoying it until you guys showed up. Yeah. Another, the last note I have is another professor line. Again, he was just crushing it at the end of the episode here. Of, <laughs> if history doesn't care, our degenerate fries don't grandfather, then who are we to judge? Yes, exactly. Oh, <laughs> man. So, <laughs> yeah. So that's the episode. I think very good. Talking through it, there are a lot of funny lines. Not yeah. a lot to say because it's good. I feel like there's not a lot to dissect, but an autopsy joke. I think talking through it, I actually liked it more than, than when I was watching it. Yeah. Very funny stuff all throughout. Uh, a couple things that I noted from the wiki, it says in Fry and the Slurm Factory, Fry was made infertile by Bender with the F-ray. Oh. However, in this episode, he gets his grandmother pregnant. In the commentary, they stated that in the episode Parasites Lost, the worms fixed his testicles. Thank goodness. <laughs> the Roswell incident occurred in 1947, exactly the same year that the microwave was invented or at least publicly demonstrated. Hmm, suspicious. Yeah. And then... This one, I don't know if it's true, but Bender saying that seatbelts cost more lives than they save is a reference to what Homer said in The Simpsons when he bought Snake's car, <laughs> which I have no memory of. I, I've i heard that line before, and maybe it was from The Simpsons, but, and it seems like the kind of thing that Simpsons writers would love for no reason, but yeah, like, oh, that the seatbelts hurt more than they help. I've heard yes. that before. Yes. Who are the winners and losers of this episode, Alex? Loser is definitely Enos. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes big loser unclear if he was always nuked or if yeah if the timeline has been forever altered so now Winner... he didn't get to enjoy a life of having children and living with mildred yeah do we know if fry knew his grandfather true i don't know because he's uh, he seems like he knew about him maybe more so yeah but i also hmm. think probably mildred had a rough time being like an unwed pregnant woman in 1947 yeah it's probably not great mm-hmm. so winners i guess Zoidberg got to have a nice time, got to eat a lot of food. Zoidberg, yeah, lots of bad stuff happened to him, but he just rolled the punches, seemed to be okay with it. Fry doesn't die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, had some complicated things happen with his grandmother. Yeah. I, I, I will say that's neutral. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> agreed. <laughs> the universe doesn't have a problem with it, then neither can we. Excellent. All right. Next week's episode, Alex, I don't know if we're going to need to have you guess. It's quite self-explanatory, but this episode is called A Tale of Two Santas. Hmm. I mean, obviously an Xmas episode, A Tale of Two Santas. Maybe this is one good Santa, one bad Santa. Maybe San- there, there's only one Santa, but it like goes back and forth between being good and bad. Uh, something, Something to do with that. All right. Good. Good. Yes. Okay. So people can join us next week for that. But in the meantime, how can people get in touch with us? Pot of tomorrow at gmail.com. I've not destroyed Twitter yet, although we have not gotten anyone, any interaction via any platform. But the, the last episode has only been up for a couple of days. So yeah. we'll give it a couple. We'll give it a couple more days. Yeah, we did miss a few weeks. So I guess, I guess yeah. we'll allow it. But I'm yeah. guessing we also didn't get any advice questions. So got no advice questions. Ice. Yeah. We will. I will talk more about different speedruns that Lindsay can should attempt. <laughs> that is my threat to you. Unless, yeah, so help unless me there's God. advice. Yeah, that's incredible. All right. Well, that's all for me. Anything else from you, Alex? That's it. All right. See y'all later. All right. Bye.